When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hello and welcome to episode number 13 of the Create More podcast with me, Ben Stewart. On this fortnight's podcast, we have Fred Mills from the B1M. Now, those of you who listened last week will have heard me uh, give him a little shout out at the end of the last episode. And um, uh, I said that uh, they were trying to reach a million views uh, on their YouTube channel. Now, massively undersold it there, I think. And I've been chatting to Fred and uh, I think really what, we, what he's trying to achieve is um, they want to shift the entire focus from BIM being used in the construction industry from a small group of experts to mass uptake um they feel and i think i totally agree and this is why the podcast is great and i think you should listen to it because it i mean they feel that it will greatly improve architecture engineering and the construction industries and fred and you'll hear this in the podcast is is very passionate about bim and they and what's fantastic is they're trying to engage people in a way that inspires them rather than you know just boring documents. I mean, we talk about it in the podcast, but I, I imagine when a lot of you hear the word BIM, <sighs> yawn, because I love the idea of BIM. And I think it, for those of you who don't know, it's building information modeling. And it's a kind of, it's not 3D modeling. It, it's very more ingrained than that. And it does feel that there's a kind of, there's a, a shift happening in the construction industry. Um, I don't think necessarily as much in the architecture industry as, as far as I'm aware I mean it, it's 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 kind of very labor intensive if you've not used it before and if you just type in BIM on YouTube and go to anything other than you know the B1M uh, you get fairly dry videos I mean they're very kind of like this is how it's efficiently used and blah 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 but what uh, what Fred has been trying to do, what is doing, he's the, the founding, one of the co-founders of the B1M, is to create a, uh, a like an open forum. Like you just go on there, go on the B1M.com, and on there they have so many really interesting but short, concise, and good videos about BIM. You know, what is BIM? How do I use it? Like I, I don't get it. And I, I genuinely think that uh, even people who think they know what BIM is. It's been banded around the industry for ages, but even if you think you know what it is, I would still recommend going on there because um, what's really great is that he's kind of like focusing, I think, focusing how people are starting to talk about BIM. And when I said he wants a million views, I think as Fred quite rightly pointed out, he's like, well, that's not our target. We're just saying that was a great, you know, starting point to get people excited. But, and you'll hear from the podcast, it's very ambitious and... That is just his starting point, is to get a million views. And as you hear him talk, you realise, you know, there's 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 much larger grand plan. So, yeah, go on it. It's really, really good. I mean, he uh, he used to work for Osborne, who are a, a fantastic construction company, and they're now a shareholder in the B1M. So, uh, yeah, listen to it because he's he's gone from, you know, this being a kind of side project to now him being full-time there. Uh, yeah, really inspirational stuff. He's you know, very similar age to me, and 
uh, it's it's really cool to see someone be that passionate about something, and then make that their primary job. And it, it, you can tell from you know listening to him talk that you know he's very passionate and he's definitely found like the right focus for him to do it. So. Yeah, listen to it. It's brilliant. And at the end, I'll tell you all about who's on episode three. And um, in the in my world at the moment, we've got I'm recording a podcast today, all about a Kickstarter. Uh, and then I've already got a podcast recorded about virtual reality. Meeting Johnny Steiner on Wednesday to uh, talk about open desks. So yeah, there's loads to come up. So uh, yeah, listen to the podcast and then listen. Come back at the end. So enjoy. That's it. Yeah, we started. Well, I'm actually going to give you a proper introduction this time. This is series two, so I feel like I should up my game a little bit and say I'm here with Fred Mills, and I'm going to call you the founder or co-founder of Beaver. Co-founder is probably more diplomatic. Co-founder, yeah. okay, co-founder. <laughs> but yeah, you've, you've, um, we were going to originally sit down for like series one, and then uh, and see Sue Butcher put me in touch with you. She's know, like, oh, if you're interested in BIM, you should definitely talk to Fred. <laughs> I listened to that podcast and I heard myself being referred to, and I was like, oh, God, yeah. they're talking about me. <laughs> <laughs> so I thought, and then I went on your website and stuff, and it, and it just seemed perfect. I think um, just a kind of bit of background for the podcast. I think as I've done the first series, I've realised it's kind of um, in my own way, it's me finding out about other jobs and other professions and stuff. And I really, I love the idea of BIM and the reason you're here is to explain <laughs> to me kind of because uh, make uh, are trying to uh, are adopting BIM quite heavily, but yeah. in so many different directions and so many different pieces of software. And yeah. I actually emailed you <laughs> saying, uh, "Do you which bit of software do you recommend?" And you were like, "We don't, we don't recommend software." <laughs> well, yeah, it would be a bit. Um, we're trying to be as impartial as possible. That's part part of our appeal is our impartiality. Um, so. You know, if we, I can sort of recommend you something down the pub that I've used in the past, yeah. but uh, to, to go into writing about something isn't probably something I should do. So. Well, if we, if we start off with um, not just BIM, but you you run the website B1M. Yeah, uh, the B1M.com, uh, but we're essentially a YouTube channel. So um, it's quite a popular business model on YouTube that you have the, the channel and it's supported by a website as well. Um, so that's that's how the, the business is put together. It's basically a website and a, and a YouTube channel. Um, what we do is we're sharing content on a... Uh, regular basis so every wednesday at 12 noon gmt we uh put new video content out about building information modeling mm-hmm. um and that's quite good because obviously the uk is in the middle of the world so we sit on the gmt line so we've got our, our north american followers uh, get it in their morning news feeds uh, and our australian followers get it in their late afternoon evening news feed so that's really good and you can see all that pop up yeah around absolutely. the world that's, absolutely it's really cool isn't it because we we basically we, we, we tweet the video at 12 midday um and there's a there's a blog post and there's a whole piece on the website around it but we actually have to publish the video about five two uh, and those five minutes are really interesting because you see loads of stuff going on already and tweeting and sharing and stuff which is really cool so because i think one of the i mean in no way the same scale but with the with the podcast seeing where people listen to it and they're on the world it's quite addictive isn't it's it it's really like... interesting yeah yeah we've got we've got six continents now so we've got uh you know from Reykjavik down to cape town and from fiji across to hawaii it's a uh, and you've got like a because it's called B1M, so you've kind of got a mission statement, haven't you? Which is absolutely. Yeah. I mean, my going back to sort of the basics of it, really. Th- there's a real need to adopt building information modelling in the industry, and I think if we're going to really improve the way construction operates, I think building information modelling is a really good way of doing that. Because as soon as you try and adopt BIM, you end up addressing numerous other things that you've mm. 
uh, the you know, challenges that have faced the industry for years, things like uh, procurement approach, uh, risk transfer, early engagement with contractors, uh, focus on the whole life cost rather than just capital costs. So um, I think it's a real good vehicle and, and someone once called it a Trojan horse for change, which I think is quite a good, uh, <laughs> good analogy. <laughs> that was Richard Lane, actually. I should credit him, Richard Lane uh, of, of the BIM Task Group. Um, so for me, it's it's about realising that change in the industry. And I worked in the industry for... Uh, sort of seven or eight years before I set this up, um, and I, you know, having experienced the day to day of it and and seen how people could be alienated and disillusioned, I decided to to look at ways to improve it. Uh, came across BIM, discovered that actually BIM is a complicated topic and it's being presented in a really really complicated way. Mm, yeah, um, you know, at the moment we <clears throat> there's the UK BIM Task Group and they've done a lot of great work in putting. Uh, guidance documents together, you know, world-leading guidance documents uh, online. Uh, and there's lots of stuff out there. There's lots of events you can go to. There's lots of training courses you can pay for. Mm. Um, it's all good stuff, but it just struck me as someone that was, you know, I was interested enough to go and find out about BIM. Yeah. Um, and I came up against these barriers where I had to download a PDF and read it in my spare time. I had to go to an event in an evening and, and piece together from five or six different presentations a bit of a picture. Yeah. Talk to several different people and put an idea together to work out what BIM actually was. Mm. Um, no, I 100% agree. I, and that's why I like the website so much because yeah. uh, it's done in a one of the earliest like videos is like, what is BIM? Like the, it's it, it's as ground level as that. So yeah. if you genuinely don't know anything. But then what I liked is that um, even inside in our office, we're we know a few of the uh, other generation are like well it's just 3d modeling we've been doing 3d modeling for ages <laughs> and and then I'll, I'll be in it i'll be honest i came at it from a point like that and then you go to a few lectures but you're right it is hard yeah you're like well just okay well how do i do it yeah like, well, well, and what i want to do is because we need to get you know there's two million people in the uk and there's some sort of 750 million people in aec around the world we need all those people working this way if we're going to see the true value from it. Yeah. You know, we can't have a few group of experts doing it. So with the B1M, we're trying to get BIM out to the masses. So mm. the B1M, yeah, stands for BIM 1 million. And the idea is to switch the focus from, you know, little cliques of experts saying, oh, we're not going to talk about what BIM is anymore. We've moved on from that. We we know what we're doing. We're pushing ahead. Well, that's great, guys. But, you know, the yeah. industry's got to come with us. Um, and actually try and reach out to people and help them go from zero to BIM. And like you say, the what is BIM video, you know, some of my best videos are where my my mum and dad say to me oh fred i know what you're on about now i know what you mean <laughs> yeah I, I get it that's the best litmus test if, you, if, if you're like if your wife or parents can understand what the hell you're talking <laughs> yeah. about then you're like okay maybe Absolutely. other people can understand because i kind of again i was we were chatting earlier we were saying it's uh, weird i've seen you on so many videos now that's actually coming but <laughs> not dodgy ones I <laughs> no. just, just been related <laughs> just been related the that's ones i've found YouTube so channel. far <laughs> <laughs> and uh i was um it's just, I guess the to me the step into BIM seems massive. Yeah. I know, I know it. Like once you're, you once you're there, you realise it's not, it's not as hard. But um, I was, uh, I think one of your presentations, one of the guys was saying that uh, upgrading a motorway. This is the high high speed two yeah, video. Yeah. He's like upgrading motorways. Actually, uh, there's a negative return because the roadworks and the disruption create more traffic. Yeah, that, zero sum game. Yeah, that's it. And uh, I, I can totally understand why. For example. If we work on a tool building and we haven't used BIM and then we decide to use it, the very first person or the first project to do that in our office is going to be crushed for like a couple of months. And then then those guys see the benefits. But it's like it's seeing what it was like before 
remembering that and then remembering what it's like post BIM, I can totally absolutely. see there's some advantages. Yeah, absolutely. But it's a case of, I think for organisations, it's a case of having a pilot project and just not being afraid of making mistakes and tripping up, but just having a go at it because... And I hope through the videos we put out, you know, you see that, and I should say at this point that our videos, you're not going to watch them and, and be an expert in BIM. They're a great way of going from zero to BIM, of getting a bit of an understanding yeah. of, okay, what the bloody hell are you on about? Okay, I know what you mean now. Mm. And getting a bit of a foot in the door. Um, so we're trying to make it more accessible in that regard. Yeah. Um, what What was your, why why YouTube channel? Why, what, 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 was your, what was your kind of thinking behind that? I just wanted something more engaging. I think, as I said, uh, we were expecting people to go out of their way to go and find out about BIM in a bit of a dry way. Yeah. Um, and what we wanted to do was reach out to them and put stuff into their social media newsfeed in a way that grabs their attention that is uh, minimum effort. Mm. Uh, you, know, you can sit back and watch a video and you're being explained to, it's, it's over a fixed period of time, you know how much you're in for. You can choose the length of video you want to watch on our, on our website. Um, and yeah, it's just a bit more of an engaging way of reaching people. And I think with YouTube as well, you know, there's there's something like 4 billion views a day. <laughs> there's 300 hours of content uploaded every minute. Um, and it's the second biggest social network after, uh, sorry, so second biggest search engine after after Google itself. Um, so it's where the audience are. It's where people are these days. Yeah. Um, it's a really accessible open platform. So yeah, it just made sense to us really. Because I, I think... Um, I guess people consume information differently and... Uh, it, as well, I find having this doesn't include your website. This is a, a, a BIM spectacularly dry to listen to. <laughs> yeah. I, I oh, kind of because yeah. I we're trying to we, we run Revit and we run EcoSim in our office, depending on what the client wants or you know what, what the developer wants. But I was like, okay, which one should I use? There must be a video. There must be something on YouTube going, this is why BIM's amazing. Yeah. And it was all like 15 minute long yeah. in-depth things. And I was like, the cup, sell me an Apple video, like a two, three minute <laughs> yeah. dream. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's, that's part of the, that's what we're trying to do is because actually when you're in BIM, you're actually doing it. It's not that radically different. It's not that much of a change, mm -hmm. I think. And the acronym BIM has become a real, almost its own worst enemy because people associate it with uh, change and something new and something different. So. Yeah. What we're really trying to do is is reconnect people with the vision. So not just, you know, it always, oh yes, it's structured data in a common data environment and it's 3D modeling and because that, that is dull as dishwater, yeah. isn't it really? What excites me is the vision of the potential of where it could go. Um, so what we're trying to do is is really cut through a lot of the, the bin wash, as it's called, and a lot of the, uh, the hype and just bring it back down to basics and say, look, this is what it can do for you. This is what it can do for your business and this mm -hmm. is how you can do it. Um, yeah, and it's it's resonating. It's going it's going really well so far. Really well. <laughs> did you uh, did so when you put the first video on? How did you how did you market that? You, you obviously were like, oh, oh god, we're going to put a video on. You know, like yeah. put a Facebook video on. <laughs> <laughs> I'm popular. You, if you look back at my first one, I'm like a rabbit in the headlights. Like, <laughs> <laughs> um, but it, it's well, as you know from the podcast, guys, I listened to your episode eleven. Hashtag I did. That. <laughs> yes, um, you're the third person, <laughs> third in the world. <laughs> I'm ashamed I got a bronze medal. Unfortunately, I thought I was done really well by my, my millions of listeners. I was really interested. <laughs> but yeah, we we started small, so the first video. Um, yeah, no, it wasn't great, but it, we we built momentum and we've gone from there. And the way YouTube works is you, uh, it's done like a spike. So you every time you put a new video out, it spikes really high. I'm making hand actions here on the radio, yeah. which you can't see. <laughs> um, and then every time you, so when you fall back from that spike, your daily view count never drops as low as it did before the spike. So you basically jump with spikes mm. up the up the chart. Um, so yeah, you basically build an audience who are interested in what you're doing. And YouTube's all about. 
uh, consistency. So we put out the same thing at the same time every week, as mm. I was saying. So people know what to expect. They know what's coming. Um, and they're tuning in for it every week, which is really good, as, as you well know with the podcast. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, th- I think you're right. It's, it is consistency. And I think it's... um. I've seen that in because the reason why I'm so interested in BIM, I feel that a lot of technologies are all converging very quickly. Mm. And I feel that YouTube's just becoming like a television channel. BIM is, to me, like real, you know, everyone's obsessed with their real time monitoring in in their house and like the Google Nest. And we've become become really impatient. Like, and the way. the way, you, the way you watch stuff now is changing. So you're no longer expected to be on the sofa for 9pm to watch watch The Apprentice or I'm a Celebrity Get Me Out of Here. You can watch it when you want, how you want, wherever you want. Yeah. Um, and the shift from scheduled televised programming to streaming is becoming huge. Uh, you have things like there's YouTube Red, there's uh, Netflix, there's Amazon Prime, mm. uh, Amazon Videos, all that sort of stuff coming through. Uh, so we're trying to be we're trying to be construction's portal in that yeah. in that arena. Well, because it's as you said, because it is such a, it's it's very it's it's a construction only video channel, right? But yeah. the kind of it's so approachable on your website that I do think that it is one of the very few that you can kind of oh okay I get it like yeah that's it was true. a nice relaxing video. <laughs> it's not you know Dulles Dishwater guy just going through slides and I can think, be dull though, can't I? I can I can have moments where it's like God, what was he on about now? <laughs> he's still going. He's still going. But because I, I think because. <clears throat> You know, I just I think the reason why I struggle with BIM is that every time I talk to someone about BIM, I get really excited, and you you, but you disappear off into random avenues. There's, I know. there's yeah. no kind of set thing that you can like grab onto, which is why just the software side of things alone, it seems like a Betamax yeah. VHS kind of battle <laughs> going on in the background. Show my age there, but yeah. that, think about it, it's 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 the, it's the digitization of the industry. So yes, software is a huge part of that, but actually, uh, culture and the very work is is huge as well. So. You know, as soon as you start having these conversations, as I said earlier, it's a chosen horse for change. So, um, you know, as soon as you start having the conversation, it's no wonder you go off down all these different avenues because it is a huge area. Yeah. We're talking about a complete cultural change of our industry. So, uh, yeah, that's it's not it's not just three D modelling. It's yeah. not just uh, buying a bit of software. I think that's that's the, the amazing part, and also that's why people think it is a big change because yeah. uh, the reason uh, I'm so interested is because I feel for the first time since leaving uni. I no longer am current with software and stuff. I feel that there's genuinely, I'm getting to a point where I was sat next to a girl called Tia who's like brilliant at Revit yeah. and she was being forced to use 2D and then <laughs> it was driving her mad because yeah. she was like, well, she'd worked at another company and she she was really, really good at Revit and her kind of attitude was like, well, okay, yeah, that's what I can do it like this and I can do it quicker and there we go. We've got, a, we've got all the output. I've done yeah. it. It's done. There's and plenty of other people in the other category, yeah. and I've seen it a lot from, you know, uh, looking at implementation in in big companies. When people are under pressure and they've got loads going on and they've got to get stuff done, it's very very easy to go back to what you know and the way you've done things for the last oh, yeah. twenty years to yeah. get stuff done. Yeah, because you want to, you, you know, you it's know. panic stations at eight exactly. o'clock in the evening. You're not going <laughs> to read a like a, a tutorial, but th- that's the kind of thing. It's like just when I think I'm getting my head around the software side, people watching your videos, it's like no, no, there's. It's the software side is just a small chunk. It's yeah, the kind of life cycle really. of a prog. Yeah, <laughs> and it's like suddenly like oh, just when I thought I was getting my head around the software yeah, the side, software is like- just an enabler. You know, it's like mm. it's like email is an enabler for communication. 
Yeah. Not, not a very good communicator. <laughs> not, not very good use of... Uh, I've messed up. <laughs> not not a <laughs> time to do it. <laughs> <laughs> not, yeah, the irony. <laughs> it's not a very good method of communication, I should yeah. point out, because I, I know Sue Butch is listening to this, pulling her hair out, going, we shouldn't be using email. <laughs> Sorry, Sue. <laughs> You're not on point. Other communication methods are available. <laughs> <laughs> but I think, I don't... Do you... Because I want to go back to like why you started in your background as well. But I want like there's a lot of future forecasting in BIM, right? Yeah. So especially listen to that HS2 talk, which was like it's a 20 year long project, yeah, yeah. and they're fully investing in BIM. And I'm sure in 20 years time, what we're doing now will seem so hilariously basic. But <laughs> I guess once the construct the construction chain starts all feeding in, this yeah. idea of government run projects in 2016 all being BIM, yeah, will be a major catalyst i don't know if people will yeah it helps with momentum because it because obviously the the government spend a lot of money uh on capital projects uh and that flows down through contractors through supply chains uh through design supply chains mm-hmm. as well so that's that's a good pull uh but there's a long way to go and i said that's that as i said earlier that's where we get the real value out of it when the whole industry comes and be um, and is part of it so that's why i'm so keen on and that's why that's you know going back to why we use YouTube. That's why we use YouTube because mm. it struck me that we had these rooms full of like thirty or forty people at an event, and fifty percent of them would be interested, and probably ten percent would go away actually going to do something about it, and probably only five percent of those people would actually have any impact. So, you know, we're trying to go around, we're trying to go around the industry and do events in the evening and things to get people to do BIM. And it struck me that you know I don't want the thirty people in the room. I want the thirty thousand people on <laughs> yeah. the sofas watching, watching yeah. YouTube. Um, and yeah, you know, going back to what you said about about finding stuff on YouTube, there's a lot of yeah, you know, there's some very very big channels out there run by the software vendors. Mm. Um, so, but but a lot of that is you know Revit equals BIM or Archicad equals yeah. BIM, uh, you know, or other software types equal BIM. And you trying to find, trying to get some impartiality, trying to find an impartial view. Okay, what actually is BIM and how do I do it without being sold a software mm. uh, platform? down down the channel is uh, is quite a hard thing to do so we, we, we're the biggest kind of impartial youtube channel uh for bim uh and that's that's really good yeah i think people really like us for that and that really resonates with people i think that's why we're we're earning a bit of a following which is good but the idea is to go from because obviously i'm very mindful that bim is going to become uh it's going to become irrelevant over time it's going to become redundant so we want to move from BIM to digital construction, and the ultimate goal is to be uh, construction TV. So we want to be the, you know, the go-to place where you can come home in the evening and you can either you can learn something, you can be inspired by something, you can watch a really cool documentary from the other side of the world, mm. um, and you can see the industry at its, at its best. And yeah. I think showing that to the younger generation, the YouTube generation, uh, is really powerful. It's really important to get those people into our industry. Because um, at the minute, the best people don't really come into our industry. Uh, <laughs> no offence to all the people in our industry <laughs> listening. <laughs> um, but, you know, we, we need to, you know, the, the best talent is normally directed into, you know, law or, or business and finance and things yeah. like that. So I think inspiring the younger generation is really, really important. Because it's, it's just also from your email that you sent yesterday, it, you've obviously got a very clear idea of, of what you're trying to achieve with, with the kind of B1M. And it... I guess because you're sitting above the software side, you can look down on it and explain. You don't have to get involved in the little squabbles of software and things. Yeah. You can kind of keep, I don't know, it must be very interesting to sit on top of all that and, and kind of look down and then it, it must seem more obvious to you. Yeah, I mean, and 
that is that is, that is a really good advantage that we have. Um, I think these are uh, start working now. These headphones. That's <laughs> <laughs> bloody connection. Anyway, so so yeah, so you're kind of goal for for the b1m the future of yeah the- absolutely so um oh, i can't remember what, what you asked me the uh, software looking down yeah yeah um is this still are we still going why my stupid connection here and let me just hang that there you can hang yours there and then we're good to go again i will have that fixed soon is this, this coming out this bit yeah this is this is all good this is all good i'll, I'll keep this in it's fine <laughs> oh, so, yeah so uh no this is normal i don't edit anything else. oh lovely yeah so uh <laughs> i just tell people the headphones stop, stop working but it's fine now so yeah looking down on, on the software side of things Yes, absolutely. So we, we, it's good that we've, um, yeah, we've got that impartiality. Uh, <laughs> God, this this is why I was nervous. <laughs> this moment where you freeze and don't remember what you're actually saying. Um, this is podcast gold, though. It is, yes. This is what people start listening again. They're like, oh. Yes. <laughs> um, yeah, making videos in construction and putting stuff out on YouTube because uh, we, we basically film our content uh, and then put it out on, on YouTube and that's generated a lot of interest. You know, we've got a really big social media, really engaged social media yeah. following. Um, but the world and his wife want to make content with us or want us to come along and film things or, uh, you know, film showcases about their products and how great it is. And we could very easily be sidetracked into becoming a, a video production company in construction. Yeah. And we, you know, we'd make money out of that, but there'd be a kind of a cap to it. Um, that's all it would ever be. And it wouldn't really change things or add any value. Yeah. So we've made a really conscious decision not to go down that route. And so, as you say, stick with the the clear forward vision that we've got, and to really, really, really follow through on it. Um, I'm reading a book at the minute called uh, Essentialism: Discipline, Pursuit of Less, uh, which is a really good book. And it's all about you know if if something doesn't directly contribute to your ultimate vision, mm. why the bloody hell are you doing it? Yeah, um, and that's been a really good way of of chopping stuff out and, and forgetting stuff and and saying no. We've become, become quite good at saying no. Yeah, I think bet, yeah. the way the industry works is that there's a lot of there's a lot of groups, there's a lot of reports, there's a lot of working teams, there's a lot of bureaucracy and mm. a lot of crap. And on numerous occasions, we've been asked to get you know sidetracked into all those things, and that's not what I want to do at all. Yeah. I've, got, I've got a big vision, a clear vision, um, and it's about it's about reaching people through really awesome videos in every different corner of the world. Well, the great thing is as well that. Um the, the way that YouTube set up, and essentially, you know, you could film your videos on an iPhone. I mean, you actually put a hell of a lot of effort in. But the point is that you can you can distribute information so quickly, so easily. Yeah. There's very little overheads. The bureaucracy, if you don't want to get involved, you don't have to. You know, no, like exactly, yeah. I'm sure back in the good old days doing a podcast, it would be a radio station. You'd have to, you know, sit down and explain what you were going to do and edit it. Whereas, I just think it's great that you want to go out there and do a video about BIM, and you've just gone and done it. Yeah, I mean, it is very, YouTube make it very, very easy for anyone to upload stuff because what they want to do. Yeah. So you can, there's an app on your phone where you can, um, you can you actually film something, upload it straight away to YouTube. Uh, and there's all sorts of degrees of quality with that. You know, we, we <laughs> put a lot of effort into scripting and filming yeah. 4K with the right cameras. So it's all in HD stuff. We subtitle everything. You film in 4K? Yeah, every time. Well, most of the time anyway. You can see you can see the ones that aren't, I think, anyway, um, to the to the HDI. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, but we put a lot of effort into the content because YouTube, it's not about view count, it's about uh, audience retention. Mm. Uh, so they rank stuff based on how how engaged your audience are. So it's not about, you know, if a video's got a million views, but people have clicked off in the first 10, 15 seconds, that's not going to rank as highly as a video with 500,000 views that everyone's watched to the end oh. of. So 
it's really good algorithm because it ranks the good stuff from the bad stuff. Yeah. So yeah, anyone can upload anything. But the analytics software must be amazing. And that's yeah, kind of... the analytics is really. I could I could bore you for ages with the analytics, <laughs> but uh, that's what I spent my life looking at. But yeah, it's, it's really really interesting. Do you um? Well, I remember I said at the beginning I wanted to do like twenty minutes about BIM, and then I wanted to get in because I'm obsessed with the background of how you did it as well. So I feel that kind of uh, I feel that if people want to find out more about BIM and the software and everything, they can go to b1m.com and they can find out all of that stuff. And I the b1m the b1m.com sorry spell it out for the listeners. <laughs> and uh, sorry, it's the b1m.com Shame, shameless plug. Yeah, I think it's the b1m.com. Okay, got it, got it. And, uh, <laughs> that's what it's all about. And then so that you can find out anything you want there, and they they get all the information you need. But the next part I want to talk about is I really want to know. Um, like how you do it like like why so what was it like filming the first video like was it <laughs> painful yeah <laughs> how many times did you redo the first video then? yeah there's a lot of outtakes there's a lot there's a lot on our cutting room floor we're, we're doing a uh we're doing a roundup bloopers video at the end of the year so that should nice. be uh, that should be interesting but like because you've you filmed them all you're kind of in and around places aren't you some yeah. of the early ones you're in like uh you're in you're in and around london aren't yeah, you yeah they're, they're gradually getting more professional um <laughs> We have something called the, the curse of the, the B1M video shoot where literally the world and his wife will come out and make noise as we're filming a video outdoors. You're so like, we've moved indoors away. now. Like, yeah, literally we've, we've had blokes setting up ladders. We've had dogs barking. Uh, we had a street parade. We had a protest once. Not not about us, yeah. but just, just coming down the street. And I was just like, oh my God, what are we doing? Trying to film here. Yeah, the, the What is a Bin model one actually we filmed. It's actually in a park. It's on the Heathrow flight past. Uh, fly past. Flight path. There we go. Um, and literally, we had like thirty second windows to film these to film these takes, and it took bloody years. And there, you know, obviously, when you had that thirty second window, there'd then be some idiot that comes along. Oh, was this for TV, mate? Yeah, it's going to be on BBC. <laughs> go no. away. It's a YouTube channel, actually. Yeah. So we, we've now isolated ourselves from the British public, and we're indoors, which is quite nice. Do you feel that uh, stress and production have gone up since you've been indoors, or like uh, gone down? Sorry, because you've got in a controlled environment, or. Yeah, I don't know. You, you probably know from like the audio stuff, you hear a lot more indoors. Yeah. Um, it's a lot more sensitive to sound yeah. and stuff. Uh, so, yeah, no, we, we're, going, we're going more professional with it, but I don't want to lose the kind of, what's the word, like the, the rawness and the, the, yeah. the genuine feel. Because well, there must have been a conscious decision on your part to film it in a park. Oh, we're going to do the first one outside. Yeah. It's not in a static, white, boring room. It's yeah, so kind it's, of. It's a bit interesting for people. We had this sort of London skyline in the background. Um, yeah. So it was sort of built environment. Yeah, it's just. I think a lot of people spend a lot of money making very, very well-produced, glossy videos that actually don't come across as that genuine. Hundred percent. Yeah. So that's why that's I keep trying to explain to people at like, the podcast when stuff goes wrong, that's fine because, yeah. like, <laughs> yeah, no one's expecting an hour. Like, I think an hour-long, like, scripted, well-talked-through video, like, audio-only BIM chat would be just. Or any chat yeah. would be yeah. very So what weird. you're saying is my huge fluff up 10 minutes ago was, it's perfect. was, and, was gold. And my headphones breaking and all sorts of stuff's gone wrong. People have come into the meeting rooms as I've been home. As a perfectionist, a part of me died when, when that happened. <laughs> to me, I was like, this is perfect. Yeah. And we're still drawing attention to it. Great. <laughs> yeah. How to avoid a mistake. Just keep drawing attention to it. But no, it's something that I started alongside my day job. So um, I literally started it <laughs> sort of on, on the quiet, as you do, because yeah. I obviously had an employer and I didn't want to... Uh, you know, alienate them or upset them or anyway. Uh, so obviously there was probably about eight, nine months worth of development in terms of setting up a company, uh, website development costs, uh, investment, building stuff, approving stuff, getting it all ready to go. 
Um, and then we managed to get some press coverage around the launch. So literally the day before it launched, um, I decided to talk to my line manager. I just said, look, uh, before you read about this on the train, yeah. uh, we're doing this thing. It's not going to affect my job or anything. I'm doing mm-hmm. it on the side. I can do it in the evenings and weekends. It's, it's cool. This is before I had... Uh, before I had a baby. <laughs> yeah, with all that wonderful spare time. Yes, before, before spare time and expendable income all evaporated. Um, so, yeah, and then he just, it was like, wow, that's really cool. We need to we need to talk to the, the BIM guy about this and the, the IT director. We need to talk to the CEO or C and the commerce team. And I was like, yeah, yeah. awkward. Um, <laughs> but they, they loved it. They really, really loved it because it kind of complemented what they were doing um, and it complemented their business and their brand. And they were really impressed that, somebody had gone out and, and tried to do something that supported it. And really that's been the theme throughout. So as it's as it's taken off, as it's been nominated for, you know, big awards, as it's won some really big awards, nice. um, they've been really, really supportive of it. So uh, you, are you still working at this practice or are you full-time on the B1M now? I'm full-time on the B1M now. Nice. So uh, I literally, and it was it was all very well-timed as it were. We kind of, we had, we had, We've been nominated for the Construction News Awards BIM Initiative of the Year, which was really good because we were up against uh, the, the people that built the Shard and uh, UK Government BIM Task Group and a leading architect practice and then us. And it was like... No way. And Skanska and BAM, I think. So I was like... And then you know, B1M's on this list and it's like... <laughs> <laughs> we're there, which is great. Um, yeah, we got to go to the awards and everything. And obviously, we spectacularly lost. Um, but we got Dara Brian saying the B1M out loud, which was cool. Nice. Um, and then I was, I was nominated for... Um, Achiever of the Year for Constructing Excellence. Um, and I went to that literally. There was a huge, you know, lineup of people, really good people. Uh, and they read my name out and I won. And it was just probably one of the best moments of my life, to be honest, with my wife sat next to me and everything. It was yeah. just absolutely mental. And um, also something that you've kind of built from the ground up as well. Yeah, that must be so satisfying. Yeah. And I think what was really good about that is there was a lot of, uh, no offence, but a lot of grey-haired men and people in suits and that wear ties and, and a lot of the status quo were nominated. Yeah. And I think to recognise a... A young person and to to really you know yeah just recognize what we're doing it's been really good and it's not something for the mantelpiece it's something that we've really channeled into the momentum and to help yeah. us build our vision which is good so yeah i, also I think, those, I also those, think that by by nom- like by showing and investing in the kind of as you keep saying the kind of the next generation of people coming up i think by recognizing that you know people the way people work the way people are doing stuff is all totally changing i think that's part of the exciting part about bim is that it's kind of I don't really know what it'll be like in five, ten years' time. Yeah. Like I imagine it'll be Well do you do you, do you think about that? Do you what's sorry, what's your co founder called? Uh, Tom Payne. Tom. Do, yeah. do you and Tom sit down and go, What like do you have a strategy? Is what I was asking. There is a strategy. There is a strategy. Probably won't feel all of it in a podcast. Okay. But, um, <laughs> what's your because it's because it's malicious and I'm <laughs> yeah. malign and you know. Um, but no, it's it's just you know, we we there are um yeah, that there are there are strategies in place. Uh, it's largely around building the channel. So we have a builder audience, build an engaged audience. Um, we continually build the quality of the content. Mm. Um, uh, yeah, and we scale up the monetization we've got so far. We scale up the monetization. That's you know, there's no secrets there. That's, yeah, that's yeah, what yeah. it is. I suppose the ins and outs of how we do that are a bit more guarded. But yeah. but yeah, no, it's it's there. So yeah, I had those I had those things on my belt. We had the first newspaper published, which which got a really good global reaction. What's um, the what's the newspaper? Uh, the B One Mail. So you do? we oh, okay. publish a hard copy newspaper about the digital age, um, which is to engage the analog generation. So yeah. the people that aren't on Twitter, aren't on Facebook, aren't on LinkedIn, aren't on YouTube, that don't uh, that don't care about BIM, we're hitting them with a not hitting them, but we're, we're hitting their doormats with <laughs> this a is part of your malicious <laughs> five years. <laughs> this plan. is why I want to edit the podcast. Um, so we're hitting their front doormats with um, with you know printed 
information about BIM that directs them into the digital into digital resources. Um, and that's been really, really useful. Every time we do that, we, we see a big spike in our audience because we're pulling the analog generation in. That's a real example of, you know, a lot of people, well, not a lot of people, but a few people with the paper have, have been like, oh, why would you go print? It's digital. I'm digital or bust. You yeah. Know? And you just think, oh, God, you know, we're, we're trying to reach the analog generation here. We're trying to get 2 million people that aren't working in a digital way to work in a digital yeah. way. So. We can't cross our arms and go, oh, we've gone digital ages ago, shame on you. Yeah. We need to reach out to them. We need to put our arm around them. We need to bring them in. So, yeah, the paper's been a really good way of doing that. So, yeah, I had those three things, the the awards, the paper. Um, there's a lot of momentum. And I literally went to my, uh, I went to the, the chairman of our company and I said, look, I've got a lot of momentum around this. I think it could really grow into something. I want to spend more time doing it. Um, would I be able to spend a bit more time of my working week doing it? You know, at probably one of the scariest things I've ever done. I had written out a little speech about the things I was going to say. <laughs> and I went in and sat down. And he literally cut me off halfway through and said, oh, we we spoke about that two weeks ago at the board meeting because we thought, you know, this is a really cool thing. We need to back it a bit more. So we were going to talk to you about it anyway. I was like, no way. Wow, that's amazing. Yeah, and it's, and it's growing from there. So um, I'm now full-time on it. My employer are a, uh, are a shareholder in our business. Um, Tom's employer are a shareholder in the business as well. Tom's now part-time, so he's part-time in B1M, part-time in his employer. Um, so, yeah, his company's a shareholder. My employer's a shareholder. I'm still involved with them. I'm still on, like, a uh, operational board level with them. Uh, and, yeah, it's good. So we, we've got a, a BIM channel. We've got Tom's expertise from the YouTube side, um, YouTube channel development stuff. We've got my expertise from the, the BIM construction yeah. side. We've got the, yeah, the the access to open doors within YouTube, uh, within Google, within the digital media sphere. Uh, and we've got the, the the access to open doors within construction. Which Sounds like you've really got a good. pretty good hold on things at the moment. Then, yeah, I've. <laughs> my wife was saying, "This is all I think about. It's <laughs> all I do every hour of every day for the last five years." And it, I think, going full time, that's it's completely consumed me. Yeah, it's, I think it's been really good because I had a baby at the start of the year as well. My wife and I had a baby uh, in March. Oh, called Ben actually. Oh, a fantastic yeah, name. Good name. <laughs> um, so that's. And people think, you know, oh my God, so you're doing the year we've had on B1M 2015 has really gone up a notch uh, and I've had a small baby. Yeah. But that's been really good because it's, it's forced work-life balance. You know, I get home um, at the end of the day and there's a little guy there waiting for his bath and he only, only likes me to do his bath. Anyone else does his bath, he gets a bit upset. That's awesome. So um, to have him smiling at me and everything, like at that point, it's not about it's not about all the tweets coming into my phone or the, the trolls saying something nasty or uh, what content we're making or is the video ready for yeah. next week. It's about family um and that's been yeah it's, it's been really really good as well you know, you're, you're not the first i've because uh, i'm expecting a child in february so oh, this is why when you told me that you i was like oh, okay that's why so, you don't tired yeah. <laughs> yeah i've still got the energy in me and uh, but it was like one of my friends said that it's kind of focused him more at work having a kid yeah and i thought i can totally understand that he was yeah. like it's weird like my work's got harder but i feel i feel less pressure at work because yeah baby just takes up so much of your thought you come Definitely. in and it's like okay right i'm at work yeah because I, I had a bit of overlap so i only, I only went full-time to b1m from the uh, start of july so i had uh three or four months where i had uh yeah i had ben and then i was doing uh three days in the day job and two days in the b1m obviously three days in the day job was actually six days condensed into, into three because yeah. we expected to do the same um <laughs> But yeah, before before Ben came along, I would be in the office early and I'd be there late and mm-hmm. it wouldn't matter what time I got home. Um, yeah, my wife and I could go out and just leave the house very easily and very quickly <laughs> and it would be straightforward and all this paraphernalia that comes with us. Um, but yeah, no, you're right. When 
when he's come along, you, you suddenly you've got something to get home for. Yeah. And uh, not no offence to my wife. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Are you sure we can't edit this? <laughs> Is she still listening now? That would yes. be amazing. Yeah, she's probably like... just filing the divorce papers as we speak. <laughs> Reason for divorce. My husband actually married the B1M. <laughs> um, so, yeah, you've got something to uh, something, something extra special to get no, home No, I for. totally agree. I think um, we, uh, we got... One of the things that I found that if if you if you just work, obviously we are partitioning our wives in this whole conversation. This is uh, you kind of get so caught up with it, and I think one of the things that I really like is that it, the B one M feels very much you. It's like it's your own creativity. It's what you want to do, and if you've come up with an idea, you just you just go and do it. Yeah. And I must, uh, to me, this is why I like the podcast. It's not yeah, it's yeah, not monetized or anything, but it's kind of there's nothing stopping you from just trying an idea. Like That's part of what drove me to it because I was involved with. Uh, I was involved with a <laughs> a group of young people who were trying to make a change in construction, but it was associated to one of the sort of institutions. Um, and we would sort of have these cool ideas. We'd be young people talking around, and we'd, we'd try and go and do stuff. Mm-hmm. And the bureaucracy would kick in, or the institution we were attached to would become a real barrier, yeah. or they'd want to monetize it in some way, or we'd have to sign it off by someone. Mm. And it just felt really, really limited. So I, I literally chopped that in at the same time as I was thinking of starting the B1M was all that preparation we were doing. Um, yeah, and that's what I love about what we do. Yeah. And that's why we're not a video production company, because when you do that, when you when you charge for video production, you're suddenly, you suddenly lose editorial control, mm. and you, you're obliged to put their logo a little bit bigger and a little bit longer, yeah. and make a bit more of their products. And I just don't want to do that. I love the fact that we, you know, someone and I can sit down and go, right, what content should we do? What should we do? How yeah. daring should we go? What should we make this week? What should we leave in that edit? What should we take out of that edit? Yeah. And yeah, just the freedom to do that is is awesome. I think that's really important. You know, this is this is becoming really, uh, really influential. A lot of people are watching it. A lot of young people are watching it. Um, and yeah, to sell out and force sell something would be, mm. would be really wrong, I think. I do think that um, as well, the way the industry seems to be changing, if you look at how celebrities and marketing departments use Instagram and things, you know, they become portals for information, right? Mm. And the bigger that portal becomes, the more power they have to the point where a marketing division is just is just paying people through different mediums. And I would yeah. imagine that as, as inevitably the B1M just continues to grow, people, it must be the, the temptation to sell out, not yeah, sell out, well, but or just slowly erode those values that we're so like commanding <laughs> the thing is we've got uh we, we've got a really big vision and it's going to take money to achieve that vision so we need to monetize mm. so uh you know it's, i'd love to do this for free forever but it's just not sustainable and there's a lot of people that that upsets like, oh you're selling out yeah, well, yeah we've, either got, we've either got to monetize or we're not going to exist anymore yeah. i um, do need money yeah <laughs> ben is not cheap <laughs> <laughs> yeah so the 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 business model we've got is is one of building an audience that that trust what you're saying so if mm. you look at other other sectors like uh, health and fitness uh, health god See, why can't we edit <laughs> health and health and fitness or beauty um there's a real proven business model on youtube there where you build an engaged audience around an mm. individual or a couple of individuals that people trust um and then you very subtly and appropriately put brand product placement within yeah. there um so there's a very famous girl called zoella in the health and fitness yeah health and fitness yeah <laughs> <laughs> uh, in the sorry in the beauty arena yeah um and she's built a she just did videos uh, in a bedroom reviewing different types of makeup um and she built a really huge following and she's at the point now where l'oreal pay her something like ninety thousand pounds a video to review their makeup because it's more powerful to reach their audience through one of their friends yeah. that they trust and have them review a product than put it on 
you know, bus stops or or billboards or it's amazing. TV adverts. Like, yeah. it, that, and that shift, to me, seems to have happened quite quickly. Yeah. Like, let's say five years max, but yeah. it doesn't even feel like that to you me. Think about it, if, you, if you're going to buy a, a TV or something um, and you're not sure about it, if your friend recommends it to you, yeah. you're much more likely to do it. Yeah, definitely. So, and that's what we're trying to do. We're trying to build uh, Tom and I and the other individuals that, that take part in our channel as... And the B1M essentially is the brand, is is the friend of those people. Yeah. So they know they can go to it, they can trust it, they know they're going to get the same thing every time. Um, and that's that's becoming really powerful for brands. But, I mean, YouTube are, are really strict around how product placement is done, and, I, and I'm really strict around how it's done as well. Um, you know, we did a video on 5D BIM. There's a Fico Office software in there. And all we've done there is is show you how how 5D BIM takes place on a piece of software. It just happens that the only piece of software we used was, was their software. So that's mm. that's as far as the product placement goes. And that's um, fine, is it? That type of product, yeah. That's sort of, as long as you declare it, that sort of thing is fine, yeah. Uh, we do uh, video powering as well, so like um, product placement, or sorry, brand placement in the indents either end. Mm. But there's a set number of seconds they can be in for and how long they can be in the video for. And again, you have to declare that on YouTube. So oh, you actually have to declare it when you register the video? Yeah, there's a lot of, uh, there's a lot of controls around it, so... We can't just do a sales pitch. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I, again, it's, that's something I wasn't. I didn't even know you could could or couldn't do that. I mean, I, I guess it it dawned on me that if you have a million people looking at a stupid cat video, but they continually look at that, the advertising things on either side of that stupid cat mm. video that. That, that, if you yeah. can control think, who um, clicks on that it must be ridiculous I think people are getting used to it I think we're, you look at your most Facebook feeds now just full of stuff like that mm. like you know cat videos and all the rest of it and it's clickbaiting people to yeah. go to websites I think Mashable will get something like 40 million unique hits a month mm. it's insane but most of the Mashable stuff it's, it's you know you see the link or you see the story you click on it and the story is probably isn't that good yeah. apologies Pete Cashmore if you're listening <laughs> um, but they've, they've, they've got what they wanted they've got you on the website yeah um, so yeah, there's a lot of clickbaiting going on and trying I to. I can't like I probably do. I think anyone does it in their statuses without even realizing. But things that really annoy me, it's like 31 photos that will make that will blow your mind. <laughs> yeah. Number 17 was incredible, and you're like, and you have to go <sighs> through, and every one's an advert or yeah. something. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think the world are getting more resistance to that. Mm. I mean, that's that's played into our hands a little bit because the the product placement within within footage or within uh, content that audiences are really engaged in has become really powerful. Yeah. So like Heineken don't spend uh, loads of money advertising around the James Bond film. They spend a lot more money getting the Heineken bottle into Daniel Craig's hand because when the viewer is immersed in watching something and really engaged in watching something, mm. that's the best time to subtly and subliminally, as it were, which I know is illegal, but yeah. subliminally kind of promote your brand. It, I, I, do, I just find the whole process interesting that people are like up in arms that films have like like combo yeah, shoes I, in then you're like well, sometimes just, it goes too far yeah I think yeah but then surely like films, just, sometimes just, it goes too far just don't buy the combo shoes then yeah, just, exactly just don't buy the stuff no I'm I'm too weak minded I do think I am like that though like yeah. I think especially because I have a like a very uh, a very busy tube route in and I hit, I hit the same advertising yeah. billboards every single day you tune day. out don't you that, that's yeah. the, the world's become so noisy and all the Mashable stuff and the clickbaiting is so yeah. noisy now that people tune out to it and we're becoming immune to it and that's as I say that's why um, the, the, the content that people trust and is immersed in is a real market for that however the thing that does annoy me is that I think the thing that annoys me is I do know that there is a perfect sequence of design advertising and logos 
that will grab me, and I know they will, yeah. which is why I'm a little bit like, don't see a new telly, don't see a new telly. <laughs> <gasps> that was only five hundred pounds telly. <laughs> yeah. And then for like months, I just I won't think, don't think about it, don't think about it, <laughs> and I'm terrible for it. But do you do you guys? So going back to your YouTube channel. Do you, can you control what advertising is on either side of the kind of ticket? I don't know what it's called, but like the sidebars or whatever. Yeah, we can control where it is. So we can control whether you get those skippable ads at the start of the video, which are really annoying. Yeah. Uh, the pop-up ads or the uh, ads on the side. If you're, so if you're on desktop, the ads on the side of the, of the video screen. Um, you don't get as many ads on mobile, which is good. So a lot of our people watch on mobile, mm, yeah. um, which is quite powerful. Um, we get YouTube ad revenue from our videos, but it is literally not a lot. I think I think over about nine months it... You know, it's, it's not it's not a lot of money at all. Yeah. So that's not a breadwinner for us. Um, but we can't control what's advertised against. It's done on the metadata um, and the way you tag the video, the way the video's titled, and who's watched it. Obviously, we can on our website we do online advertising on there, and we can control where adverts appear. Um, but yeah, no, YouTube is it's like it's Google AdSense yeah. inventory. So yeah. So do you, because you do other stuff around B1M, so I saw B1M universities and stuff. Yeah, absolutely. What's, so that, what's that? That's a, um, basically like a massive open online course or a MOOC, which is what it's called. Um, a MOOC, a massive online course. Massive open online okay. course. It's like a, a video series where we're filming um, speakers at, at universities uh, and then we share that freely on the channel. So that's, you know, the, the purpose of doing that is to is to film a video that people can watch around the world mm. um, and we happen to make the actual event of filming it a bit of an event as well as people can come along and, and watch but uh, yeah no it's not it's not just something that you go to and there's no filming I think yeah. that's that's crazy not not sharing information from events is uh, yeah criminal yeah it, uh, <laughs> you're right though it does seem that again that's changing I was talking to Sue Butcher about um, yeah live, uh, tweeting. live tweeting yeah yeah, yeah. and I uh, a little part of me because the first time I saw it I was like get off your bloody laptop and then yeah. and it does seem ridiculous now and like there are some people though I see that I'm totally on board with all the stuff Sue does but there's some people I, I see them tweeting all the time and I'm like how do you how are you doing your job like, <laughs> yeah. like what <laughs> like, when do you eat when do you sleep when do you see your family yeah exactly when do you earn your living yeah <laughs> I do wonder though that's why I was asking Sue about like uh, is, is there a way to like store a big funnel of tweets and then you just like let them drip out you know you have a rat rush of like half an hour 50 tweets and then let them drip feed across the day or whatever <laughs> but I, I think that you're right what doing a lecture to 30 people with free youtubing and things seems so old school now doesn't it yeah it's not always it's not always appropriate to do it mm. um so yeah i'm not saying every presentation in the world should be filmed but yeah yeah it's not always appropriate to do it. and there's a lot of effort that goes into Taking something that, yeah, presentation in a room is very different to watching a video on YouTube. Yeah. So we're doing a lot more stuff around actually, this isn't a presentation in a room. It's we're filming a video and there happen to be some people there. Mm -hmm. um, because people go on a bit, it's not very engaging, it can be a bit dry. So, you know, the <laughs> HS2 when we filmed from like four different camera angles, there were lots of cutaways, there were some video cutaways, there were mm -hmm. slides in there. Um, and you can, we kind of got away on length with like HST because HST is 15 minutes, so it's a pretty long video. I listened to the whole thing. Well done, away on I did. <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty long for YouTube. Um, but I think, yeah, part of the fact that, you know, all those camera angles and stuff and cutaways and partly because it's a bit of an interesting subject mm. area, you can kind of get away with it. Yeah. Do you find, um, how much have you shifted the way that you do videos and stuff depending on how long people watch them? Because Loads. at the beginning, were you like, oh, let's do a 25-minute one, and then you yeah. realise no one's watching past well, the first seven minutes, 20 or something. Right? Yeah, you look back through the back catalogue and stuff. Um, we, we definitely found our feet a bit. There's some stuff at the early days that we did because we could do it. Um, and that's that's when I was you know, still working full-time and we were 
struggling to get footage out there consistently in, mm-hmm. in, in high enough quality. So it was a bit sort of patchy. And you can see we, we jumped around a bit in terms of format. I think now we're honing that down a bit more um, and much more strict about what goes on our channel. So we're, mm-hmm. we're not afraid now if someone does a presentation or we've filmed it or you know we've created a video with them and it's not good enough, we don't release it. There's a few things we've filmed that just weren't good enough that we haven't released. And do the people go, um, my presentation doesn't seem to be on your... Website. Yeah, and it, it, can make, <laughs> it can make for a hard conversation. Um, and sometimes we, we make very long presentations a lot shorter than they were. You know, HS2 was about half an hour. You've got 15 minutes online. Mm. Mostly because part of it was quite controversial. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, it was, it's just being just being strict. You know, we're looking at franchising them into different countries. So uh, we've got, um, we're looking at India, South Africa, um, Australia... Iceland of all places, um, franchising our content out. But the content curation is going to be done internationally, but the, the kind of gatekeepers of the channel are still going to be me and Tom. So It's amazing, isn't it? Yeah, it's how we want to scale the business. You know, We want to be at the point where uh, hopefully one day other people can uh, create really good content uh, with us or, or for us um, on a, you know, in, in, in line with our schedule and our plans and, and our mission and what people need, but that we can actually approve it and be the gateway. So if it's not good enough... If we're not happy, mm. it ain't going out there. Because because uh, what was what's cool as well is that you know when you go on the website, you've got two quite contrasting faces in you, you and Tom, and like Tom's got his massive <laughs> <No>. beard. Because <laughs> <laughs> I, like, I was watching, I was watching some of the videos at work, and uh, just we, we started growing up at the same time, which is I haven't um, got as much testosterone, so I haven't quite caught up. I also suffer from a similar affliction. <laughs> yeah, I can I can bench more than him though. So. Boom. There He's you go. like, damn it, I can't bench anything. Yeah, my He's got a good is, beard. Yeah. It is a great beard. Between us, we're quite powerful. Like, like Power Rangers, where they always used to get together at the end and be stronger in the whole. <laughs> yeah. like some, some odd Captain Planet style thing. <laughs> yeah. But did, like, so did you, were you always going to start Sorry, together? Sorry, by the way. Yeah. You'll get there one day with benching. <laughs> but you'll never get there with a the beard. Yeah, you start small with those little weights you're on. <laughs> He's going mad at the minute. I know this is in his headphones. Hi, Tom. <laughs> He's getting really annoyed. <laughs> so, so I mean, you always you always started off together. Then it was always yeah. like you were like, "There's something I can't do that you can, and vice versa." And will kind yeah, of. this is this is a world exclusive. But we actually, I actually yes. uh, ages ago when I was like early twenties, I always wanted to do something. I want to start my own business, which was the fundamental things. My dad's uh, got his own business, um, and I didn't like the fact that somebody else can tell you how much money you can earn and what you can do and what you will be in your life and when you'll be promoted mm. um, you know I just like the independence of it and the, the fact that it's not capped um, so I've always had that kind of in me uh, yeah no early 20s I, I thought about a social network in construction which at the time was probably doable mm. it, it, it wasn't because I think now the social networks have pulled so far ahead that you're never going to catch them um, so people are just doing like a social network in construction uh called Fred Blogs <laughs> so lots of different people could set up their own blog um, and the, the whole platform was going to be called Fred Blogs so there you go <laughs> didn't materialise mostly because of uh, mostly because of funding and probably because it was a bit of a crap idea um, but yeah and, but and it I was think, there though the idea was there the idea was there yeah, yeah. Never, never, there's, and there's like a 150 page business plan which I've still got uh, all branding and everything strategy all put together but yeah it just never really came to light mostly because of funding Um Probably a good thing because I think in hindsight, there's been a few people try to start a construction social network and it's just been a bit, uh, they've just struggled because they're trying to get people onto a new platform and actually everyone's already on LinkedIn or Facebook or mm. Twitter. So, so yeah, so no, I've always wanted to do something and I spoke about that with, with Tom, 
in a in a Starbucks. Other coffee shops are available. Um, <laughs> not placement, not placement. Yeah, so yeah, no, in a Starbucks is now shut down. That's a bad omen or not? But um, <laughs> yeah. yeah, they've just kind of made like a shrine. This is where B One M was born. <laughs> uh, so yeah, we had we had to reach out about that for a while, and then yeah, the B One M idea came up over a coffee, um, and yeah, it went from there. So I guess because we're coming up uh, right into the fifty minute mark, so I'll uh, oh. I'll, slow, I'll wrap this up now. But um, what's um. Without giving too much away of your sinister tenure business, like, <laughs> what, what what is next? Like, what 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 are you kind of targeting, and what what are you? Because the YouTube channel is going great, but I guess do you see it very much as like a oh we're only like step one of a much bigger Absolutely, chain? Of yeah, things. yeah, yeah. I want to want to get more videos out uh, in a week. At the moment, we're doing uh, one a week because we want to have quality rather than quantity, yeah. and also it's quite a lot to ask people to watch more in a week. Yeah, we're asking for five minutes or ten minutes of people's time a week at the minute, which is quite a lot. Mm. Um, do you get people asking for? Can you do? Yeah, yeah. Asking? yeah. yeah. No, that's a, that can be a real pain. Like, can yeah. you do a video on this? Like, mm, no. <laughs> 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 well, yeah, we, we appreciate the advice and the, the guidance and stuff, but uh, sometimes it's just not appropriate. So, so yeah, no, we're, we're trying to we're trying to you know gradually build up the amount of content we put up. We want to raise the quality of it. We want to go a bit more international with it because. Um, there's a real danger that we get drawn into the United Kingdom cul-de-sac, as I call it, um, and we end up with stuff that's all very UK-centric. So we're trying to do a lot more international stuff. We've got a few international documentaries coming up, which would be cool. Wow. Um, Where's the big kind of... Uh, uh, mind blank. Where's the big areas around the world that you've been? Like, I guess America must be massive, and it, uh, it's China America, huge as well? Or? America did a lot of 3D modelling. Uh, Not or, to be BDC, as they call it, but I wouldn't really call it BIM. They kind of got a bit of a way to go on BIM. Hello, oh, really? by the way, to the whole of North America. I've just wow. ascended. <laughs> um, yeah, they've got a bit of a way to go on BIM. Um, actually, for, I don't know about BIM, but for us as, as B1M, India is huge. Uh, India's got a billion people in it, and it's the biggest YouTube market. Because um, obviously China are bigger than India, but they don't, they're not a huge fan of YouTube. Yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, in, India's a really, really big market for us. So that's oh. the reason one of our first franchises, trial franchises we're looking to do over there. Uh, and yeah, we've got a really good Facebook following in India, so that's that's really good. Um, so yeah, no, it's it's about more content and working towards that that vision. As I said, so we want to gradually take our audience with us and go from BIM to digital construction, and then yeah, construction TV is the is the goal. Really? Yeah. What do you, what do you mean by construction TV? What what does? Uh... Yeah, as, well, as I said earlier, I just want to be the, the go to place for construction. So you can you can go and learn about stuff. You can find out about stuff. You can watch really really cool documentaries. Mm. That actually teach you something at the same time. You know, I think you know the the natural world documentaries that Attenborough does and things. They're really beautifully shot. They're compelling to watch. Mm. Um, they're engaging, but you also learn something at the same time, and you see different parts of the world you've never seen before. Um, and you, you sort of see the planet at its best. And that's yeah. what I want to do with construction. I want to show different parts of of the industry around the world and the great stuff that we do, and really, really engage and inspire people. That's that's where we want to be. I guess the the kind of a great mission statement to have there. It's, it's, but it's nice to have that constantly ringing in the back of your head, right? So it's a it's a driving goal, and the little yeah. things that kind of distract you day to day, you can easily palm off because that's not part of that strategy. Yeah, we want to do something that helps people, and you, we could easily get dragged into the monetization stuff. We, as I said earlier, we could sell out. We could become a video production company. We could do something like that. But at the end of the day, I've got a vision, and I want to help people. And I think if you create something that helps people, that benefits people, um, the monetization after that is a really simple thing. So. That's amazing. So that's so that's uh, so. Because going back to just quickly going back to India, they is that do you why do you think they've adopted 
BIM so quickly? Is I mean, that because they're, they're quite a young... It's not, it's not they've adopted BIM. I think they're just a really big... They're, they're a really big outlet for us in terms of the YouTube viewership, which is good. Um, and also BIM is becoming a hot topic there. They are... Most other nations are behind the UK, but are able to adopt BIM quicker because they're learning from the UK's process. Mm. So we've been through a you know, four or five year journey now, but there's been a lot of learning that's come out of that. And now we're really consolidated around some processes and some ideas and how it should be done. And we're really sharing our knowledge a lot more effectively than we used to. Um, and a lot of other countries are now able to benefit from that. They haven't got to go through the, the five year learning curve. They can benefit from the, the head start we've given them, which is mm. really good. So. Yeah, there's the, and it's happening all over the place. It's happening in China, uh, South Korea, Australia, South Africa, um, yeah, USA, as I said, uh, Finland, Spain. Spain's really behind it. We launched a, we launched our first foreign language Twitter account yesterday. I was going to say I saw on your Twitter. I was like, is yeah. it, I, I don't understand Steve. any of this. Was this foreign <laughs> talk on my Twitter page? <laughs> Sorry, but I was like, so do you? So they're, they're a franchise. Is that how that works? Uh, well, yeah. I mean, so we're looking to become a more formal franchise in Spain. But at the moment, we've got a very lovely volunteer lady who is uh, called Ira, who is uh, subtitling our videos for us. Um, and we're putting subtitles on our YouTube videos in Spanish. And that's had a phenomenal reaction. We started yesterday with a fresh Twitter account. We've got 50 followers in a day, which I'm really, really pleased about. Loads of sharing, something like 40 or 50 retweets. Just crazy, really, really crazy stuff to go from to go from a standing star in a country and have yeah that kind of impact was a bit was a bit mental, really. I think the luxury, the kind of the nice thing about uh, having all this online content and all that that but that real time feedback of people engaging. I oh, think yeah. one of the hardest things I personally struggle with. Like I have, it's not that I have a short attention span. I just I, I you just want to know things are going well on a day to day basis, not yeah. a year by year basis. I yeah. find that kind of much more glacial pace of work. You don't know if you're doing right or wrong, no. and but to have that kind of immediate it's engagement, great, yeah. is I, amazing. I have to stay quite grounded with it because when we, we have a really good video, I get I get continuous positive feedback into my mobile phone, twenty four hours a day, seven days a week, saying how great you are, <laughs> and it's it's lovely. But at the same time, it's be like, okay, right, calm down. And I probably get one message a month on average that's a bit snotty. Probably one a year. That's really... from your wife. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Can you come home now, darling? Um... <laughs> Good argument tactic. You're being an idiot. Well, <laughs> she has my Twitter followers say otherwise. Actually, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, she hasn't. She hasn't trolled me just yet. But um, but yeah. And there's probably one a year that's that's a really uh, malicious post that someone's written that's just completely misses the point or yeah. is a bit a bit nasty. I think what we're doing is is creating a bit of friction now. So. Um, people don't like that we're putting it in a very simple and easy way people don't like that it's free people don't like that we are small people don't like that we're young people don't like that we're challenging the status quo I didn't think that people would be annoyed that you're doing it for free oh, they are <laughs> some people are I mean it's not the vast majority as I say we've got really you can see from our social media we've got a really good engaged audience and it's great um, but it, it gets some people's backs up and there's all sorts of things going on that just just pathetic tactics but you must be a little bit like all oh, right we're, we're definitely exactly. doing well now look exactly. how many people would like me i was old... delighted because i was trolled for the first time i was like yes <laughs> it's working <laughs> i've become a celebrity <laughs> i was spotted at waterloo train station as well which didn't help the ego um this random man just came up to me and said uh are you uh fred mills i was like <laughs> i was like am i being mugged <laughs> um oh yeah i'll see your videos on youtube keep up the good work it's really good stuff he walked off i was like 
Whoa. <laughs> Suddenly got a strut in yeah. your walk. But so, you... <laughs> Celebrity Big Brother 2016. I think looking at the lineup for this year, I am definitely a contender. <laughs> yes. Oh, yeah. I think yeah, we, should, we should go in together. We should be like, a, <laughs> yeah. like Anton Deck. That'd be amazing. Yeah. Mine a YouTube star, Fred Mills. <laughs> and podcast genius, Ben Stewart. Beyond minor podcaster. But I, I do think that... Uh, we just Okay, well, I will wrap this up now. Okay, I do sorry. feel like I talk for ages. Um, the, I'm, just, uh, I'm just getting warmed up really like I did this for hours. Yeah. Yeah, honestly, me too. With editing, please. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I made it a four-hour conversation in ten minutes. And uh, but this idea of like uh, when I was doing the when I was doing the podcast, Scroobius Pip tweeted to a hundred thousand people, and yeah, yeah. I think fifty or sixty people donated. When Sue Butcher tweeted, I had this almost the same amount of people, and she still has a lot of people. But as in her, I guess the people she has on engage a lot more because yeah. of the way she does. And I'd imagine you were just saying, you know, your followers on B One M. They're, they're on it. They're following you for a specific reason as opposed yeah. to just like, oh, I know that person. I'll follow him. You've got a lot of people saying, oh, can we get a retweet to your network, please? No, because <laughs> it's going to piss them off. You know, we don't do that. We're, we, we're very careful what we share with yeah. our network um, and we do it in an appropriate way. So, yeah, and that's all about building trust with, as you know, building trust with the audience and stuff. Mm. But it's good. You know, we've we've got the, the social network numbers we've got are, are becoming big numbers now, which is good. So we've got a reach of like 1.2, 1.3 million a month. That's amazing. Yeah, it's really, really good. Um but it's it's what we rely on is people sharing stuff from there. So it's not just putting it out there; it's it then being referred and passed on, and other people seeing it from there, which which really really matters. And that's that's what's so powerful. It's friends recommending to their other friends to come watch our stuff, and yeah. that's that's really that's really where we, where we benefit from. And that's that's why it's been so good to have like a grass start from nothing and build a real grassroots following. Yeah. If you just buy stuff or you go big too early, you just go for like billboards and. You know, print advertising, all that sort of stuff. You're not gonna, you're not gonna engage people. We've got a real trusted network, which is really good. Yeah, I, I, do, I do think that it's kind of, it's exciting to see you passionate and to to hear someone passionate about BIM in a way that I won't name any names, but there's people that can suck the energy out of Ooh, something yeah. interesting and important people as well, yeah. like influential people. And I was like. You had me at the beginning of the presentation, and now you've lost me. <laughs> yeah. And it's like, why can't it be fun and interesting? I, I honestly just cannot get my head around it. It's almost like you're brilliant, you're very techy, but maybe just get someone else to do the talking. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but there are some big like industry-leading events, and it just winds me up because it's like, oh, this is how we're going to inspire the future of construction. By the way, it's 250 quid or 300 quid or 400 quid to walk in, and the only people talking have got grey hair. They're white men in suits. Yeah. You know, it's like... Very happy where's, with themselves. Where's the it? diversity? Where are the women? Where are the young people? How yeah. are we reaching young people? How are we actually going to change the industry? Because <laughs> if you do a £250 event that people have got to come to, you're not going to reach young people with it, are you? Mm. You've got to go on to, obviously I'm terribly biased, but you've got to go on to things like YouTube and social media. Yeah. Of which it's it the B1M, isn't it? <laughs> the B1M.com, yeah. It just, uh, yeah. It just feels crazy to me that, that people still think that that's the way to reach people and generate change. It's just... It's just madness. Times are changing. Yeah. And this on that note, quite controversial, I think I'll it? say thank you. And that was amazing. I hope you enjoyed it. <laughs> I did. I got, I got warmed up from my, uh, from my catastrophic fail at the beginning. <laughs> Brilliant. Thank you very much, Fred. <laughs> Cheers, Ben. Well, there you go. That was episode number 13 of the Create More podcast with Fred Mills from the B1M. I, uh, yeah, coming up, I've just been re-listening to it again. Um, yeah, he was... He was really on it with his questions, uh, sorry, his answers, and uh, it was it was really interesting talking to someone um, 
the last person I spoke to who's kind of that that kind of aware of social media and the importance of kind of the online landscape was, was Sue Butcher and it, it, it like I would say that um, well this, I can speak from my experiences my experiences of um, our company you know make is that you know we are very passionate and very, you know very ingrained in online media um, but we you know we're not trying to make like whereas Fred and Sue, you know that their 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 whole brand and their job is is kind of promoting this and 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 selling it through kind of uh, on- online social media, which I think is really really interesting because it it does feel a lot, you know that that is just the way that things are going and it, it feels exciting, it feels new, it's it's you know it's a, it's a kind of not a new direction, it's been around for years, but for, for me to be aware of it. Uh, it's kind of cool just to to find out, to see that level of detail, you know, the way he was talking about, you know, how can you get younger people in? How can you get, you know, more women, more more everything, more this, you know, to have that sort of like targeted uh, social media, you know, like the way I use Twitter is so bad. Uh, the way I use Instagram and stuff is, uh, I don't know, it's just, it was great to hear, you know, get, get a real insight on how social media can be used. Because I think most people have it because they feel like they should have it. Whereas some people just don't need it, and you know, I don't think social media is that important for some people. Uh, ironically, it's becoming kind of cool if people don't have any online presence. I think there's a kind of counterculture going on. Um, you know, people like Scroobius Pip who need to promote record sales and their own record label and stuff, you know, it makes total sense. But you know, if you're an artist or like a sculptor or you know, high end architecture company who you know, it's kind of generally pitching for the, you know, the wealthiest 1%, really. You're going to make a lot more by just knowing the right people, you know, being in the industry, being experienced, being around for ages than, um, you know, having this, you know, online Twitter presence. But I do think it's important for practices like making stuff to, to kind of be current and be informed. And, you know, if you want to get like the latest younger staff, you've got to, you want to be down with the kids. Uh, but no. I really, really enjoyed that. And I hope you enjoyed that too. And next fortnight's podcast is um, is a really good one as well. I, th- I think this one with Fred has been really eye-opening and like social media and BIM. And, you know, it's it's kind of uh, just being at the forefront of something. It's so exciting. And the the next one is with uh, with uh, Aurelian Simon, who is one of the creative directors at Unit 9 for their virtual reality department. Um, so... You know, just like Bim, he's using modern technology in a totally unique way. But man, it's cool. There's jobs that are, there's dream jobs. And I think he's, uh, his is definitely up there with one of them. So that's coming out. Uh, this is coming out Wednesday, the, the Tuesday, I'm promoting it Tuesday, the 19th of January at midnight. And then so two weeks after that, there'll be the Aurelian Simon one. So uh, thanks for tuning in. And if you want to subscribe, that'd be amazing. If you want to give me a review or, you know, talk to me on Twitter at CreateMorePCast. Um, that'd be great. Thank you so much. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market much listening. Bye-bye.